the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Gas prices are on the rise, and Americans are groaning on the traditional first weekend of the summer driving season. Ed Bowling, who was filling up his tank, says it takes about $40 to fill up his car with gas. Sky high right now. Last year was cheap. This year is just like... It seems like every week it goes up. So, yeah, it is It is kind of expensive, but you got to do what you got to do. Anthony Crandon, who was filling up his gas tank, says cheaper gas isn't always the best deal. 311, 313, they got gas for 297 in certain places, but you got to know what kind of gas you're buying, too. So it could be watered-down gas they're giving you, too. So you never know if the gas is bad for your car or is it good. Normally packed with vacationers over the Memorial Day weekend, beaches along the eastern U.S. Gulf Coast largely empty as a slowly strengthening storm carrying brisk winds and heavy rain approaches. This is SRN News. Larry Elder can't make sense of the Russia investigation. James Clapper goes on The View and says the reason the FBI planted a spy in the Trump campaign was to protect his campaign. What? Don't you pick up the phone and call Trump and say, hey, guess what? Some Russians are trying to infiltrate your campaign. Don't you do that? Blows my mind. The Larry Elder Show. Afternoons at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. This is AM 1280. The Patriot Intelligent Radio. Coming up next, it's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on AM 1280. The Patriot. So do not go anywhere. First, I'll bring you a quick weather update, a high of 97 degrees and sunny skies for today. 97 and sunny on Memorial Day as well, so a perfect day to be spent outside. 91 with a good chance of thunderstorms on Tuesday, and then 87 and then the thunderstorms continue on Wednesday. Stay tuned for Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Bye for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280, the Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also text your comments or questions. That number is 651-243-0390. And you can weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag Darn Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in on this uh, very special weekend. Of course, it being Memorial Day weekend, where tomorrow is officially Memorial Day, where we take the day to remember those who uh, pay the ultimate price for our uh, incredible, incredible country. Almost sounded like the president there for our great country. But, uh, for our, it, it is our great country, as Michael Medved says, the greatest nation on God's green earth. And that you take the time to remember those uh, left behind as well, because inevitably uh, those who paid the ultimate price to protect our freedoms in the myriad conflicts and wars that this nation has been involved in for uh, many, many decades. Uh, they also left loved ones and family members behind, so obviously give a thought to them as well. Maybe go visit them, uh, and, uh, and hey, I know a lot of folks who have been left behind by those who died in various wars. They're willing to share the story of heroism that their loved one uh, engaged in, and it is a, um, it, it's, it's sobering. 
and it's humbling to say the least. And it uh, it's something that we should never forget. And I can't think of a better way than listening to a family member or loved one who is willing to share about uh, their loved one who perished uh, in various wars. So uh, that is Memorial Day week, and this uh, the definitely the spirit of it, and uh, definitely don't take for granted the tremendous freedoms that we we do have. I want to get to, obviously, some news of this past week, because this is a news analysis show. This is a uh, political talk show. And uh, not surprisingly, uh, Governor Mark Dayton, who is in his final year as governor of Minnesota, I should have had Brandon cheer up like the audience cheering or something along those lines for that, but uh, uh, the cheering will be tempered if indeed, uh, say, a DFLer gets elected this November. So hopefully we, uh, that doesn't happen. But in the meantime, uh, Governor Mark Dayton's still going to, uh, we think, finish out his term. It has about five and a half, or five and a half, what am I thinking? Seven and a half months remaining, just over seven months remaining, I guess. So we shall see. But he, uh, as the legislature was uh, finishing up its work for this latest session, which was... Uh, Signy die was to be declared at midnight last Sunday night. Uh, the governor had already vetoed some uh, legislation, supplementary budget bill and the uh, tax bill. And the tax bill was one that had a tremendous amount of focus because, number one, it contained the conformity to the new federal tax laws. And if we don't conform to the new federal tax laws, filing taxes in the upcoming years until some sort of tax conformity is passed, it's going to be an it's going to be an absolute nightmare. It's going and here's the thing that I've been thinking about, you know, because my wife and I we use a uh, we use a, a, a tax preparer, you know, someone that we've gotten in over the past few years who we like a lot and trust, you know how and and she does this kind of on the side of, you know, her regular full time job. So this isn't like she's doing this full time. What's that going to be like for people like that? They're going to be so overwhelmed and consumed with what has to go into filing state taxes when they don't conform with the, the new tax laws, how, how, are they going to be able to take on all the clients that they have? They probably won't be able to take on new, maybe won't be able to take on new clients. I don't know. So this is this is kind of the overarching impact that Governor Dayton's vetoes uh, will definitely bring about. So I just want to read from a, uh, let's see, I wrote about this at bradcarlson.org. This was a Star Tribune story. Uh, the Well, first of all, before I read the Star Tribune story, the legislature uh, you know, passed a uh, supplementary budget bill and then, of course, passed the uh, uh, tax bill and sent it to the governor. And, of course, they made compromises on the tax bill and supplementary budget bills after the governor's initial vetoes, hoping that the governor would come around and uh, and see that the legislature, in good faith, uh, put forth a compromise, and and the governor did not, because uh, Governor Mark Dayton on Wednesday vetoed two measures that together comprised much of the work of this year's legislature, leaving the DFL governor few accomplishments for his last year in office and Republican leaders with little to show for three months of work. Dayton's vetoes killed tax cuts for the two lowest income brackets and Minnesota businesses, along with a state-federal tax code alignment intended to prevent major filing headaches for Minnesotans next year. Also dead is additional money for public schools and for treatment and prevention programs meant to address the opioid epidemic. The DFL governor had warned GOP legislative leaders in the final days of session that the vetoes were likely. Legislators passed the bills anyway and publicly asked him to reconsider. With just over seven months left in office, Dayton's relationship with the Republicans who control the legislature may have reached an all-time low. Other session was not about working out agreements with me, Dayton said Wednesday. It wasn't even about working out the best interests of the people of Minnesota. It was about the House Republicans closing up to the money special interest. So uh, Republicans were even more withering in response. Uh, this session wasn't a failure. Our governor was a failure, said House Speaker Kurt Doubt, a Republican from Crown, and Senator Roger Chamberlain, a Republican from Lionel Lakes, chairman of the Senate Tax Taxes Committee, said in a news release that Dayton, quote, behaved like a toddler, emotional, impulsive, and unreasonable, close quote. So it's pretty strong words going back and forth. So after Dayton's official vetoes took place, uh, he had a news conference 
uh, at the and I do have a sound clip from that. He had a news conference uh, in the um, at the uh, sta- I believe it was the state office building, Capitol. Doesn't really matter. But the point is, you know, he uh, the the Republicans and Susan Clausmore, who is the uh, uh, I know Susan personally. She's with the House Republican Caucus. She sent out an email indicating it's like, look, the legislature they made a good faith effort effort to compromise because the governor had. I'm trying to think. It was like over a hundred objections to the uh, uh, to the tax to the uh, excuse me the budget bill supplementary budget bill and vetoed it. It was either tax bill or budget bill. I don't remember which, but it was over a hundred objections to it. And so the legislature basically accommodated seventy percent of the governor's objections, and that still wasn't good enough. And here's the thing. The last few days of session, the governor was incognito, wasn't even around. Parking space was was empty. So who was making the effort to really see to it that Minnesotans who stand to be assisted by the supplementary budget bill and this tax cut bill, who, who was it that made the good faith effort to ensure that they that they weren't left out in the lurch here? So Governor Dayton in this press conference was asked specifically, you know, hey, Governor, you vetoed the supplementary budget bill and the tax bill. Um, you know, what exactly were in these bills that, that you objected to? And here's his response. Governor, of the measures in the omnibus budget bill that you vetoed, what are the most objectionable? Maybe you can tick off the top four or five or a dozen or whatever. Appreciate that. Well, I can give you the list, but, they, you know, the cuts to the uh... – Again, the cut, cuts to the educa- uh, Department of Human Services funding, about $18 million they cut there. The requirement on agencies on, on MINLARS, so it was effectively a 3.5% cut for a, a lot of the agencies. Um, Hello? I mean, I'll have to get a sheet that I forgot in my office. Uh, embarrassing. Embarrassing. I mean, you had over 100 objections to this to these bills. The Republicans acquiesced to nearly 70% of them, so that still leaves, what, about, about 30 or 40 at least? And, he, and what did he come up with, two? Two or three? And here's the thing that still drives me insane to this, to this day, is that whenever DFL is, oh, you know, the Republicans want to cut spending, you know, they want to cut spending in these critical areas. Well, first of all, that that's woefully misleading is because each of these areas have automatic increases year over year. And yet the Republicans want to cut the amount of the increase. But the DFL calls that a cut. No, it's not a cut. It, spending is still increasing. But Republicans want to cut the percentage of the increase. So it, it, it's it's woefully misleading. And of course, you know, the governor has his, his willing accomplices in the media who will, will, will basically uh, blast this out there. Although I will say, I will say for as much for as much criticism as I as I levy on to the media, the Star Tribune story about the uh, Dayton uh, vetoing these uh, measures on Wednesday, they did emphasize it killed tax cuts for the two lowest income brackets. As well as Minnesota businesses, because of course the governor's like, well, you know, this this tax bill it only uh, it only benefits uh, special interests and and uh, and big corporations. You know, that's that's the, that's another standard go to uh, uh, progressive line is that any tax cuts are meant to to benefit the wealthy. And of course, the governor couldn't care care less about tax conformity. I mean, given the source the main source of his income, that's not applicable to him. Nor nor. Or the people, the upper crest with whom he associates. So, what does he care? What does he care that what what regular what middle class Minnesotans have to go through in order to file their state taxes next year? And by the way, uh, Mark Haveman, I only got a couple of minutes to get to this. Uh, I wrote a piece at the uh, Star Tribune. Mark Haveman is executive director of the Minnesota Center for Fiscal Excellence. You know, he uh, addressed the claim where Governor Dayton insisted that the Republican tax cut bill and tax conformity bill only benefited, you know, big corporations and special interests. And I'll read an excerpt of this again. Mark Haveman, he is the executive director of the Minnesota Center for Fiscal Excellence. Uh, for starters, the claim of excessive, excessively favorable treatment of corporations doesn't match the reported numbers. 
Conforming to the federal government's broadening of the corporate tax base actually exposes more Minnesota corporate income to the state's tax rates. According to nonpartisan legislative staff, the vetoed tax bill was projected to increase Minnesota's corporate franchise tax collections by nearly $50 million in the state's next two-year budget cycle. That doesn't exactly meet the test of a huge giveaway to uh, big corporations. So what about the tax bill's phased-in state corporate tax rate reduction, whose full impact would have extended beyond the state's budget window? According to a study by the accounting firm Ernst & Young, even if a state decides not to conform to any of the new provisions imposing a tax on foreign source income, the increase in the state corporate tax base from federal conformity provisions is likely to average 10%. Applying that estimate to Minnesota means that even if we left foreign earnings alone, lowering the corporate tax rate to 8.8% would still have kept us revenue neutral. So what does that tell you? That just tells you, again, among the same mindset that leftists have, that wealthy, big corporations, whomever else, they deserve to pay more taxes, but the Republicans aren't increasing taxes enough. I mean, that's basically what he's saying when he says, well, there's a big giveaway to to, to, to corporate and special interests. No, well, that's that's code for saying we need to stick it to them worse. I mean, let's face it, $50 million in terms of government spending over the next two years— which is uh, what the uh, corporate franchise collections would have increased by in the state's next two-year budget cycle. I mean, that's a pittance to what leftists want to spend for state government. But again, it it completely obliterates this notion that corporations were uh, benefiting from this tax cut bill. So uh, there are definitely some losers from the uh, tax cut bill, uh, tax relief package and tax conformity package not being passed. Uh, but unfortunately, it's middle-class, regular Minnesotans that are going to be bearing the bigger burden. That is for certain. Hey, AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also text your comments or questions, 651-243-0390, or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. You are a hero. You may not tangle with mad scientists, but a family road trip can be a battle royale. Lance is hitting me! Luckily, you have a Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. It has 84 MPGE, and you can go 33 miles without gas. Ladders notwithstanding. Get a great deal at the Chrysler Incredible Sales Event. EPA estimated miles per gallon of gasoline equivalent. EPA estimate with fully charged battery. Actual mileage may vary. Chrysler is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. 
We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Westin Edina Galleria, June 15th and 16th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Hey, welcome back. Back in 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay. Yeah, I'd say the sun's up. 97 degrees. And I take issue with uh, crack producer Brandon saying it's, a good, it's good to be outside when it's 97, 98 degrees. Ah, with that humidity, I, I don't know about that, man. Unless you're on a beach, of course. Then, then yeah, then I totally concur. <laughs> I don't do well in humidity, what can I say? Hey, a lot of fine programming here on AM 1280 The Patriot. Of course, if you're listening all weekend, you know this, but uh, be sure to tune in at 4 p.m. That is our fine radio program, The Justice Hour, with Andrew Parker. Again, that's today at 4 p.m. where he's going to be welcoming to the broadcast uh, Rachel Palos, a prominent attorney. If you're not familiar with Rachel, she initiated the first ever prosecutions of human trafficking in Minnesota, overseeing landmark federal cases liberating people from human slavery. Uh, Rachel's leadership also led Minnesota to triple child pornography prosecutions, double gun prosecutions, and record the highest number of prosecutions in the district's history. Again, that's attorney Rachel Paulo. It's going to be on with Andrew Parker. That is the Justice Hour heard right here in AM 1280, The Patriot. Today at 4 p.m., you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, continuing with some of the news of this past week, obviously if you listen to this broadcast for any length of time, you know that I'm uh, a big sports fan. Occasionally I like to talk about sports, particularly when it intersects with the culture or politics, and nothing more has intersected with those two areas more often than the uh, controversy surrounding NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. Of course, this was started uh, by Colin Kaepernick back in the preseason of 2016, where he actually sat on the bench while obviously his teammates were standing on the uh, sidelines, and uh, and most of them standing. Uh, Kaepernick sat on the bench behind them, and excuse me for a second. Uh, sorry about that. He uh, uh, was seen sitting on the bench and, of course, was asked after the game, uh, yo, Colin, uh, saw you sitting on the bench during the National Anthem. Uh, what was that all about? And, of course, Kaepernick said, well, I find it uh, difficult to stand uh, for the National Anthem, particularly uh, that uh, uh, basically uh, puts a country in a shining light when in this country there are communities, particularly the black community, that are suffering terrible social injustices, there is not equality for all, and I can't really stand for a song that uh, portrays America as that. You know, I'm paraphrasing essentially what he said. I don't remember have the quote in front of me. Well, this has been something that's been going on. It's been part of the culture war for a couple of years, and of course uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence have gotten involved in it uh, unequivocally and unapologetically saying they believe players should stand and uh, the NFL this past week, it's been rumored that they were going to come to some sort of agreement on how to handle this particular policy because they feel like it's been alienating uh, a fair number of their fan base. And this is a very divisive issue amongst the fan base. And, and I saw a uh, a survey. Now, again, with, with any survey, uh, I, I ha- I'm always a little skeptical because I like to know exactly how the question was asked and in which context. But without that, I'll just I'll just convey what I at least had seen. And people were surveyed, you know, do you believe players should stand NFL players should stand for the national anthem? And forty nine percent said yes. Forty three percent said no, they should be able to do what they want. And uh the rest uh, the rest didn't really have an opinion or whatever. I don't know exactly how that works. But the point is is that it seemed that uh, the plurality of people surveyed felt that the players should stand for the national anthem, at least show respect, even if you don't, even if you don't agree with everything that's going on in this country, even if you want to protest the administration, the leadership that's currently guiding this country. 
that's all fine and good, but you still should at least stand for the national anthem. Well, finally, this past week, the NFL had enacted an, an, a, a national anthem policy. This is from an ESPN.com story. Uh, NFL owners have unanimously approved a new national anthem policy that requires player to stand players to stand if they are on the field during their performance, but gives them the option to remain in the locker room if they prefer. It was announced Wednesday. The new policy subjects teams to a fine if a player or any other team personnel do not show respect for the anthem. That includes any attempt to sit or kneel, as dozens of players have done uh, during the past two seasons. Those teams will also have the option to fine any team personnel, including players, for the infraction. This season, all league and team personnel stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a statement. Personnel who choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in the locker room until after the anthem has been performed. We believe today's decision will keep our focus on the game and the extraordinary athletes who play it and our fans who enjoy it. Well, uh, first let me get my perspective. I've talked about this issue as it's cropped up over the past couple of years. And my thing, my personal position has always been, I would prefer that players stood during the national anthem. In no way do I believe they should stand there with their hands on their heart or sing along with the anthem, anything like that. I absolutely don't believe that should be coerced. But I should, I believe they should stand, even if they, you know, have their issues with this country and there are certain aspects of, what's going on in this country that they want to protest, they, they should still stand there. Just, you know, stand at least. But at the same time, I wasn't so morally offended that I was making a declaration. Well, uh, if any member of my favorite team ever si- sits or kneels during the national anthem, I'm never, I'm never watching that team again, you know, unless uh, because uh, this was something that I saw from my fellow Vikings fans at the beginning of last season. Where they say, they said you know I'm glad none of my uh, none of my Vikings players uh, knelt or sat during the national anthem. Uh, to which I replied, uh, no no offense, but I would love to see a Venn diagram of those Vikings fans who welcome back Adrian Peterson with open arms after he was uh, admitted to abusing his kid. You saw the horrific photos of his three year old son with whip marks, three or four year old son, however old he was, when Adrian Peterson took a switch and whipped his kid. Okay, people people were just abhorred when they first saw the photos, but Adrian Peterson came back 2015 and won a rushing title and led the Vikings to a playoff berth, so apparently all was forgiven. But suddenly, kneeling during the national anthem is a bridge too far. Uh, if that if that's your stance, fine. You're welcome to have it. I just question your moral code, that's all. So i just love to see a Venn diagram of those who welcome back Adrian Peterson with open arms in 2015 and those who say they would never support or watch the Vikings again if any Vikings players knelt on the sidelines. You know, just throwing that out there. So my point is, personally, I was not so morally offended that I wasn't going to watch the Vikings. And plus, I'm typically doing the radio show on Sunday, so most NFL games, I don't even see the beginning of the noon games or the 3 o'clock games because I'm you know busy getting ready for the show or wrapping up the show. So do they even show the national anthem anymore prior to the game? I don't, seriously, question, I don't know. You know, and if they do or don't, who really cares? But I understand why these players were doing what they did. They wanted to you know, protest certain injustices within this country. And, and let, let's be honest, the, the majority of the players who were taking a knee were, were black players protesting police brutality and social injustices within the black community. And that's they're using their platform to shine a light on these particular issues and bring attention to it and try to right these wrongs. And personally, I I commend them, even if I may disagree with some of the ways they go about it or some of the things that are said, particularly Colin Kaepernick. The, the, the biggest issue that people have was that Kaepernick was kind of the one who started all of this. And he ended up being a a, not a great ambassador for this cause. Now, did he bring a lot of attention to these issues? Yes, he did. Did he donate his time and money to a lot of these communities? Absolutely he did. And for that, he's to be commended. 
And he knew that it could cost him endorsement money. Heck, it's even cost him it's even cost him a career because after 2016 he hasn't had a job in the NFL. So I I to, for that uh I I can at least admire Colin Kaepernick's conviction because his mindset is, look, I've I've got this I've had this fame, I've got all this money, I'm 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 living this good life, but guess what? A lot of people who come from my background aren't so fortunate, and I'm not going to forget those people. And to that end, I can commend him. But uh, on the other side of it, he ended up not being a very good ambassador for this uh, particular cause, for these causes, and I'll explain why in a little bit. And I'll also explain why I believe both sides of this debate have some key facts wrong in this whole kerfuffle. And uh, we'll get to that. And more, 651-289-4488 is the number to call, or you can uh, weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. Recent research even shows that in a sample of 1,200 colleges and university faculty, 53% held unfavorable feelings toward evangelical Christians, while at the same time holding favorable opinions of most other religious groups. So how do we reverse this ever-rising tide? At AM 1280 The Patriot, we believe we have a solution. AM 1280 The Patriot is proud to announce our exclusive partnership with Judson University. Through our partnership, we are excited to offer a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half making a private Christian college education even more attractive and affordable. These tuition grants are available now. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406 to learn more. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. My dad says I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says I was her big surprise. My mom says I'm her best helper. I'm adopted. My dad says I was a gift. That's right, kids. Each of you are a miracle and a blessing from God. Hello, my name is Angie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant and in need of confidential counseling, including alternatives to abortion or post-abortion assistance, please call Pro-Life Across America at 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at Pro-Life Across America. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Please help support our life-saving outreach. A baby child is being 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. Satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to commission. It was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. I enjoy the getaways that I get and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit, we're unique and the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. They wanted me here just to show you my face. Welcome back, AM 1280 Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. He's on every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. It is The King Banyan Show. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I am the closer, closing out. Weekend programming every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. And as always, we appreciate you supporting our various Northern Lion Alliance Radio Network programming on these various affiliates. Thank you as always. 
And here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. Regarding today's show content, uh, picking up where I left off last segment, you know, I I felt like that the kneeling or sitting during the national anthem that was done by the NFL players, that was a, definitely a divisive thing. But I think what really stoked that divisiveness was, you know, Colin Kaepernick was kind of the main spokesperson for it. And not because his cause was invalid or people were necessarily poo-pooing his cause. I mean, there are some people out there who say the injustices in the black community are as bad as he's making it out to be. And uh, that's fine. They're right. They have a right to be wrong. Let, let's be, you know, I'll just say, I'll just say what I think. They have a right to be wrong. Yeah. There, there has been some injustices. Am I saying that it's the equivalent to what it was back in the sixties? No, we've definitely come a long way, but to say that it's perfect, to say that's completely rectified, to say that there aren't still injustices is, is wrong. Okay. Those of you in the Twin Cities, with the, particularly with the Flandreau Castile situation, and particularly those of those of you like myself who are uh, law-abiding gun owners, like Flandreau Castile was, and was ended up being shot because the officer thought he was grabbing for his gun, even though Flandreau Castile said, "Hey, I'm a law-abiding gun owner. I have a permit, and I'm I'm letting you know up front." He did the honest, noble thing, and sadly, he wound up dead anyways. Now, would that have happened to a white guy? In my opinion, I don't believe it would have. And again, I don't mean to revisit that, but I'm just trying to paint a broader picture of what these protests were all about. And Colin Kaepernick, while doing some very noble things, I think where he screwed up is, number one, he walked around with socks on that depicted police officers as pigs. Basically, he had caricatures of pigs on there with cop hats on it. Uh you know, you, you want to eradicate social justice, social injustices within the black community. Um, that's probably not the best way to go about it, is to impugn an entire community, i.e. law enforcement, as pigs. Not a good idea. And also equating uh, black men who are incarcerated for committing crimes with fathers who were held in Castro's Cuba. Remember that whole flap. Basically, there was a young man, Armando uh, Salguero, who writes for the Miami newspaper. They were having a press conference with Colin Kaepernick before they were, uh, the 49ers were going to play the Dolphins that week. And he said, how can you equate uh, black families with those in Cuba? Because Salguero shared his story. His mother and father were going to be able to leave Cuba. And as they got to get on, as they were about to get on the plane with young Armando and his two parents, uh, the police within Cuba said, "Well, mom and son can go, but dad, we're going to have to hold you back. So you got a choice: all three of you can stay, or just mom and son can get on the plane and go. And dad, you have to stay behind." And Colin Kaepernick basically said, "Well, being separated from families is being separated from families. So someone committing a crime and being sent to jail for that crime is the equivalent of a man in Cuba being told that." His wife and son can go to America and have freedom, but he has to stay behind in, in Castro's oppression. Really? Oh, so that was that was another place where he screwed up. Is basically lauding Castro as some sort of big revolutionary hero, right? So that's really where I think a lot of the divisiveness came. And yeah, certainly people were angry by players kneeling and, and taking a seat during the anthem too, just just on its merit. But. Here's some key facts here that both sides in this debate are getting wrong. First of all, let's let's uh, talk about the crowd who totally 100% supports the players kneeling and taking a seat and think that this is an absolute outrage that the NFL would say that they can't exercise their First Amendment rights. Well, number one, this is not a First Amendment issue. The First Amendment pertains to only government not having the right to infringe upon your speech. If you speak out against your government in a public forum, the government can't seek retribution against you. That's basically the spirit of the First Amendment. The NFL is a private business, private corporation, private enterprise. Okay, They, can, they are well within their rights to impose this policy. You can talk about the public relations aspect all you want. You can talk about 
you know, they're they're uh, trying to uh, silence black men, whatever else. We can have that debate, and that's all fine and good. But to say that they have, don't have a right to impose that, to say this is a First Amendment issue, is wrong. That That's not true. That is absolutely not true. And where the other side gets it wrong, those who consider themselves uh, patriotic, those who consider who say you need to stand for the national anthem, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you have to show respect for the flag. There will be no dishonoring the flag. A lot of those people are saying, well, they're, they're, they're disrespecting the military. No, they're not. They're not disrespecting the military, these players, by taking a knee during the national anthem. None of them are going into this thinking, well, I'm going to show the, the military a thing or two. I don't like their mindset, and I don't care who died for what or when. We're going to take a knee regardless. That, none of them are thinking that, and this has never been an anti-military thing, never. Like I've said it from the beginning of this, of this monologue, these players were wanting to bring attention to the social injustices in their community. Again, large, the majority of these players who, who kneel are black players. And they figure, you know what? A lot of people within my community aren't going to have the opportunity that I have, not just to make a lot of money playing football, but to have this limelight, to have this platform. So I'm going to take advantage of it. And people are going to ask, why are you kneeling during the National Anthem? And I'm going to have to have the opportunity to say, because there are social injustices with these within these communities. Here's what's happening out there, in case you haven't noticed, in case you don't realize. Okay? So to say this was an anti-military stance that these players are taking. It's just not true. And as a matter of fact, here's, here's a key aspect of this that people forget. When Colin Kaepernick first did his protest, he was sitting on the bench, way back on the sidelines on the bench, behind all his teammates. And Nate Boyer, who was a Green Beret, was hurt by this. He says, you know what? I went into combat, putting a life on line for this country to protect freedoms. And I'm hurt by what Colin Kaepernick does. But here's the thing. I'm going to stop short of saying that he doesn't have the right to do what he does. Because guess what? People like me fought for the right for Colin Kaepernick to be able to make that kind of a protest without being fear of being censored by his government. Now, the NFL, private business, that's a different story. So Nate Boyer met with Colin Kaepernick. And you can go Google Nate Boyer. There are several videos out there where he explained his meeting with Kaepernick. And he told Colin Kaepernick, he says, you know what? You have a right to do whatever whatever it is you're doing, and I, and I totally 100% support that. But i got to tell you, people like myself uh, were hurt by it. We disagree with the substance of what you're saying, but here's the thing. We support your right to say it. We just wish you'd do it in a different manner. So don't sit on the bench. Why don't you go be amongst your teammates? I don't know, maybe take a knee. Take a knee, but be with your teammates that way you show a little more solidarity than being all the way back on the bench where you feel where you're just isolating yourself from everyone. At least show that you support your teammates' right to stand while they support your right to kneel. And that's how that came about. So, again, this idea that it was anti-military, that, fly, that particular story right there should fly in the face of that because Colin Kaepernick was actually willing to meet with someone and sit down with this gentleman, Nate Boyer, Green Beret. And God bless Nate Boyer. He has the he has captured the spirit of this whole thing. He says, I disagree with the way you're going about this, but I support your right to go about it, and I support your right to say what you have to say. And this is the way it should be. That's this is a perfect embodiment of the First Amendment, is we need to support each other in this whole endeavor, regardless of whether we agree with what each other says. And I'll, 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 see, I'll, I'll just say one more thing here. If you applauded the firing of Brendan Eich, he was a former CEO of Mozilla Firefox, the web hosting uh, company. Brendan Eich, you, I don't know if you remember him or not, he made a donation to a traditional marriage group that looked to pass Proposition 8 in California. Proposition 8 back in, I don't know, I think it was 2009, 2010 time frame, basically was a ballot initiative that defined marriage as strictly between a man and a woman in the state of California, and it passed in the state of California. And, of course, eventually the Supreme Court ruled that uh, same-sex marriage is the law of the land, essentially, so it's all irrelevant now. But Brendan Ike supported uh, Prop 8, made a donation. As Aldi was fired from Mozilla Firefox because he was basically... Uh, 
basically seen as a uh, as anti-gay, which is not true. Being pro-traditional marriage is not being anti-gay, but there was no room for nuance there, apparently. And Google, they fired that engineer, James DeMore, who said that the gender gap in tech jobs is not due to discri- systemic discrimination, rather the way men and women are hardwired. Basic biology between the gender, basic biology differences between the genders. And how sad is it that we've come to a point in this country where a statement like that is controversial? But it is. Apparently it is. And then James DeMore ended up getting fired from Google. So my point is, if you are listening to this show now and you applauded either of those actions by Mozilla and Google, you have zero moral foundation to stand upon to be outraged by what the NFL has done. Just throwing that out there right now. So, obviously, uh, we will uh, – I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a break here? I do want to finish this thought. The president vice president had reactions to the NFL instituting this uh, latest policy, uh, both of which I vehemently disagreed with. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, President Trump, Vice President Pence, their reactions to the NFL national anthem policy. When we come back right here, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. I was skeptical when I heard that your family bank could help me pay off my mortgage and get out of debt in under 10 years of my current income. Hi, my name is John. I'm a Patriot listener and a financial executive here in town. As such, I understand numbers. Using your family bank, my family will go from a $292,000 mortgage with 22 years remaining and $40,000 of additional debt to being totally out of debt, including the mortgage, in 9.8 years. We'll save $103,000. If you don't have a program which will get your family totally out of debt, including your mortgage, in less than 10 years just by redirecting your current cash flow, you need to talk with Daniel of Your Family Bank, who's right here in the Twin Cities. Thanks, John. This is Daniel Altwick of Your Family Bank. My friend, there's no risk nor obligation to find out for yourself. Go to daniel.yourfamilybank.org, click on the Request tab in the upper right-hand corner, and leave your contact information. daniel.yourfamilybank.org. That's Daniel. .yourfamilybank.org Don't miss Sandvold Financial Group's Money Talks radio show here every Sunday morning at 9. Sandvold Financial Group is independent of Queststar Capital Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC, and Queststar Asset Management. I'm Lon Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. President Trump recently announced his plan to lower prescription drug costs. It's a solid plan that strikes the delicate balance between promoting innovation with the need to ensure that consumers have access to the medicines they need at a price they can afford. Meanwhile, liberal politicians are continuing their calls for government price controls on prescription drugs, all while trumpeting the virtues of single-payer health care. Both policies would lead to lower quality care, more limited access to needed cures, and result in much higher government spending. What our health care system needs is more competition to drive down prices. This plan helps. The Trump administration is right to focus on policies that speed access to the marketplace for generic drugs and new cures. Lower prices won't happen overnight, but the policies the president has proposed will make a difference. I'm Lon He Chen. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like Johnny and June. We've been talking about Jackson. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Thank you, as always, for tuning in as we uh, continue our uh, discussion regarding the uh, national anthem policy passed by the NFL this past week, where they said players will stand during the national anthem. 
And if they don't want to, hey, hang out in the locker room till the anthem is over. And uh, obviously, President Trump has had some uh, pretty strong opinions on this in the past. I remember last fall, he came out and gave a speech. I forget where it was. I think it was for something something going on in, down in Alabama. I don't remember what it was. Doesn't really matter. And he basically said, "What you know? Wouldn't you love it if one of these owners just finally take a stand and said, you 'You're fired. Get that sob off the field for disrespecting our flag.' Da da da. Some pretty strong words from the president. And you know what? I actually stood up and applauded for the players the following Sunday who took a knee basically saying the government is not going to tell us what we can say and can't say. So at that at that juncture, I absolutely positively supported the players basically defying the president's wishes and saying, we're going to kneel, whether you like it or not, Mr. President, because the government has no right to tell us what we can say or how we can express ourselves. So in that instance, I applauded it, even though my personal stance would be or my personal preference would be they they stand, but I certainly understood why they did what they did in that particular instance. So uh, I believe it was uh, Brian Kilmeade of Fox and Friends happened to be interviewing uh, President Trump when news came out last Wednesday about the NFL's new national anthem policy, and uh, he got the president's instant reaction to this uh, new rule. Brandon, if we have that audio, here we go. Some breaking news while you were in there. The NFL has made a decision on something that means a lot to you and a lot of other Americans. The NFL has, the owners have voted unanimously to approve a new national anthem rule that says if you're not going to stand, stay in the locker room. If you go to the field, you have to stand. If you have a protest, your team's going to get fined. This is the first time you're hearing this. What's your reaction, Mr. President? Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. You shouldn't be in the country? What? This is a sitting president of the United States saying this? You know, I mean, it's one thing if NFL owners want to cut a player for kneeling during the national anthem. That would seem a pretty extreme reaction, but... Again, private business being what it is, if that's how they want to address this, that's fine. Uh, I think that seems to be a bridge too far, slippery slope, whatever. But what? But you shouldn't be in the country. Now, again, some people looked at that and said, well, look at that. Uh, sitting president of the United States uh, wants to deport people for not standing during the national anthem. No, no, no. Don't be dumb. He doesn't want to deport people. If that's what you took away from that, uh, you know, your blind rage and hatred for the president is just taking over. What I took from that is that he's saying, love it or leave it. You don't love this country, leave it, which, okay, fine. But that's that That to me is still inappropriate for a sitting president to basically say, love this country or leave it. Because there are plenty of issues that a free society can bring forth regarding this country. I mean, goodness sakes, if you're a conservative, look at all the issues we had with, with President Obama basically acting like a, a dictator where he was completely bypassing Congress and unilaterally making laws. You know, remember, I got, if Congress doesn't act, I will. I got a pen and a phone. All right? If you're a conservative you found that inappropriate, and you should have, you should find this equally as disturbing where a sitting president says, well, maybe you shouldn't be in the country if you don't uh, stand for the national anthem. Basically, he's, he's saying you shouldn't be in the country if you don't express yourself a certain way. That's ridiculous. That's unacceptable. And I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. I don't care if you supported Trump or not. You should find that objectionable. That a sitting president would say this. Again, he can't make any laws saying you're going to stand or you're, or you're out of the country or, you know, his famous mantra, you fired. Of course not. And this is just all bluster. I get all that. But still, if you were genuinely angry over President Obama's getting on YouTube's case saying, yeah, YouTube, you better look at your... Uh, uh, your user policy, because this uh, guy who made a uh, a video impugning Muslims that was responsible for Benghazi, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you might want to look at your user terms and kind of enforce those a little more closely. That was ju- that was uh, pretty chilling when a uh, this country's top executive says something like that, basically telling a corporation how they should run the, their operation. And again, he couldn't make any laws demanding that their that YouTube acquiesced to these certain user terms the way he wants them to. But nevertheless, it was no less it was no less uh, objectionable. And the same with President Trump here. So, again, I can't tell you how much I, I disagree with President Trump's perspective. I know that uh, 
he felt like he scored a big win here because this is something that he's been been railing against. And same with Vice President Pence. Vice President Pence, it's a little more personal to him. I get it. He has a son who's in the military, and his son uh, fought in the military to protect these freedoms. And President and Vice President Pence looks at it as like, you're disrespecting the symbol of this very country that allows you to express yourself. Why would you not want to show respect for it? But I can see the other side, too, like, I, like I've been explaining these past few segments. So Vice President Pence's reaction, he tweeted the story about this national anthem policy, and then all he did was just tweet it and say, hashtag winning. And it's like, again, terribly disappointed in Vice President Pence, who I like a lot. I, I, I can't, again, can't tell you how much I disagree with that. The proper response of this country's top executives is to say, you know what? We disagree with the way these players are going about it, but we in the government have no leg to stand on when it comes to enforcing this. That's the great thing about this country, is you have to be willing to defend the rights of others to say things that you don't like in hopes that they def- that they in- do the same thing for you, in turn do the same thing for you, defend something you say, even if they find it disagreeable or objectionable. That's the responsible thing for vi- president and vice president to say, not to say, well, they should stand or maybe they shouldn't be playing or they shouldn't be in the country, as President Trump said, or, vi- or Vice President Pence just said, hashtag winning. But again, this for those of you progressives who find this objectionable and disgusting and outrageous, yeah, technically you're correct, but I don't know how much of a moral foundation you have to stand upon when basically Barack Obama, the example I just used, is getting on going after YouTube saying, yeah, I better check those user terms because some of these videos, uh, they have some questionable content. Again, top government officials saying censor this particular uh, expression or speech. So uh, once again, if you did not fi- if you did not sharply criticize President Obama for making such a statement in light of what we later found out was not a YouTube video, but rather uh, a terrorist, a, a organized terrorist attack in Benghazi, you didn't find that objectionable. Then again, I don't find you uh, credible. I don't find your outrage very credible at this this particular juncture. Just saying. So, anyways, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the broadcast today. Have a happy, safe, blessed Memorial Day. Remember, some gave all. Godspeed, my friends. Closing time. I'm Jan Mark Hill, helping you understand the times. This is a semi-automatic handgun, not an evil entity that sits around thinking of ways to kill your children. There is a wrong emphasis on so many issues today in our society. Take guns, for example. The emphasis should be on the evil that uses the guns and not on the banning of guns. What politicians and gun control advocates do not understand is that no amount of legislation will cure the violence in our society. Evil does not respond to laws. Evil is a law unto itself. God tells us that there are three things that control evil, and they are all spiritual. The three are prayer, the Holy Spirit, and the cross of Jesus Christ. This is why our country needs a spiritual awakening, because evil is killing our kids and keeping people focused on the wrong emphasis. For more information, visit our website, olivetreeviews.org, for our complete radio program, also heard each weekend on this station. Hey folks, I'm David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. Over a decade ago, I decided to start a company that could help families take control of their finances and more importantly, their time. We offer you a powerful education in how to trade in the stock market, providing you the skill sets you need to manage your financial manager and speak his language, or even cut out the middleman entirely and do it yourself. My mission was to put more money in the hands of good Christian people to impact this country and the rest of the world. Since that time, I've seen Tradeway grow from a small business started in a garage with my family to an education company which now employs more than 20 families and has educated nearly 20,000 people from all across the country. God has truly blessed this mission. It's been exciting to see the Tradeway family grow through the years. At this point, people attend our events not only to hear about the stock market, 
but to fellowship with other families and even to strengthen their walk with the Lord. The Tradeway community is unlike anything I've ever seen in my business career or even in my ministries. With Tradeway, you not only get a powerful system for trading as a business, but you get the kind of hands-on support, ongoing development, and personal community that is required to propel you forward in this journey, and we help you to do that one step at a time. I want to personally invite you to join us at our next event called Step 1, Start Your Journey at the Weston Edina Galleria, June 15th and 16th. The event will be hosted by John Quinn. John is one of the most analytical people I know. In fact, he's literally a rocket scientist, but he has the ability to teach in a way that everyone can understand, which is a great skill. Join us at the Weston Edina Galleria, June 15th and 16th, and bring your family. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 